You're listening to a podcast from Blogging Heads TV. Hey, Mickey. Okay. Hey, Bob. We saw. He died. <laughs> oh, oh, that's oh, that's, that's a famous oh, video God. of uh, Hillary Clinton getting a little chuckle over a guy who was uh, who was sodomized to death. Uh, that would be so that would be uh, Mark Gaddafi. Yes, we came. We saw. He died. <laughs> Did it have anything to do with your? Um, uh, I'm sure. So that was right. That was right after Gaddafi was killed uh, with a with a bayonet. Uh, I guess among other yeah. things. Yeah. So there there have been two there have been two shifts in the conventional wisdom, like dramatically this week. One is, uh, and and the one one is about Hillary Clinton. I mean, my friend John Ellis. Oh no, you're gonna you're not gonna tell me she's gonna run for president, are you? My friend John Ellis wrote an Do item saying, "Do not tell me what you're gonna tell me." Of course, Hillary's running for president. Of course, she's laying the groundwork, uh, and uh, he has a he has a, a site called News Items. Yeah, the T-shirt of which I'm wearing. I was going to say, uh, and uh, for some reason it says, "Oh, oh see, wait, it, that's it, all to plug your friend's site." This is just no. You, you unbutton your shirt. You spent precious podcast time unbuttoning your shirt just to just it was, to plug it was your the friend's sex site. appeal to the sex appeal to. Well, that, um, I gotta say, I was really distracted by that, and not but, in a good way. Well, it's not directed to you, Bob. Um, it's 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 like the Beatles, you know, a million screaming girls. Uh, anyway, they're they're out there. Somewhere. No, it's, it's about the conventional wisdom shifting. Ellis wrote this column saying Hillary's running. And all of a sudden, a light bulb goes off, and everybody realizes, of course, she's running. And now the conventional wisdom, you know, people told Ellis he was insane. Within 24 hours, it was the conventional wisdom that she's running. She's obviously, if you go back, laying the groundwork, these appearances, reading from her, the speech she would have given if she'd won. Uh, And who else do they have? Who's going to beat her? I think somebody will beat her, but, you know, that doesn't mean she's not running. So, uh, yes. How old is she? How old is she? Turn, turned on a dime. And now everybody how, how realizes old is she? it's going to be a Trump versus Hillary rematch. How old is she? Do you know? I don't know. Younger than Trump. I mean, that reminds me. I thought you were going to going to going to lead with Omicron, which is all the all the rage out here. Well, that, uh, the convention wisdom on that, that has shifted, too. But the word let, alarm. Toward everybody's going to get it, uh, you know, uh, you know, give up on pr- protecting yourself from it. But it's probably uh, not that uh, damaging, but you're going to get it. So that's going to happen. It's so infectious. I don't, I don't think there's any good evidence that it's less severe than uh, prior variants. I don't think there's any good evidence of that yet. The uh, but there's this there's a, a brand new info from. South Africa, which came out about a uh, few hours ago. Oh, well, I haven't uh, seen that. that. Well, it, it's not definitive, but it, it, it does show that uh, the hospitalizations and the deaths are much lower than previous waves in South Africa, about, about one third to one half. And uh, some, this Dr. Lin, who I used to worship like a god, uh, says that this thought that this was very important evidence and then he started thinking about well what does it reflect merely a change in the how many people right you know, have, on the unvaccinated who had natural immunity but why right. would it change that quickly i mean that's 
Uh, well, compared to pre previous waves were a while ago, and those waves created a lot of natural right, immunity. Right, Post wave, right. you have a lot more natural immunity. Depends how many people were affected by those waves. Yes, but uh, so well, and I then think there's, there's a reason another... they call it a wave because a lot of people yeah. were affected. Well, and then so the the theory is that uh, maybe it's just and uh, and then there was another guy who John Ellis cites uh, who says, well, it could just be a compositional effect as the uh, the vaccinated to unvaccinated ratio has, or the immune to non-immune ratio has changed. Uh, so it looks like it's less virulent. I guess it's the same point. Looks like it's less virulent. Yeah, that really is all that's point. happened. What well, all that's happened is that there are more immune people now. But you know, th there's no evidence that it's just as virulent. I mean, everywhere it's, everywhere it's happened, the death rate seems to be lower. Uh, so, well, anyway, that's again, the, if low that's the conventional wisdom. It could be wrong. I'm not sure it's very conventional among people who are paying close attention. Uh, but but we'll see. I mean, that would be great. The uh, I mean, it's spreading fast in my state. It's now uh, as of a couple of days ago, even it was 13 percent of the positives are Omicron. Um, I mean, the, I, the argument yeah. would be that it's the Omicron variant that we have sort of compounded with some other coronavirus. So it uh, it affects the it, it doesn't go into the lungs. It, it, it concentrates in the throat. Uh, but well, I think also the nasal uh, passages, it definitely has different symptoms and it could be milder. I don't think it's going to be so much milder that this is not going to put a strain on hospitals. I mean, there, there are a lot of variables, like, for example, this Pfizer drug uh, that has not quite been approved by the FDA. And I don't think Pfizer has enough of these to flood the market with them right away. But I don't know the rate at which they're uh, they're producing them. The um, but that could be, you know, a, a big deal. Eventually, the uh, the one that has been approved, the Merck drug is looking worse and worse. And, and you know, it only barely got FDA approval, a vote of 13 and 10. And, and one reason for that is there are serious people who think that this actually could create uh new variants because the way it actually works is to mess with the genetic information of the virus. It tries to insert strands of, of genetic huh. information that make the virus go haywire. But there are there are smart people who say, be careful. And I think, yeah. you know, if this happened, if you could trace a dangerous new variant to this drug, I think that would be a big political problem for Biden, among other things, uh, because he he isn't overriding the uh, the FDA. He, um, anyway, that that's kind of a tangent. I but I, but, but, but 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 even to continue my thought, even if it affects only the throat and not the lungs now, that doesn't mean it won't mutate in the future in a way that makes it just as infectious and vaccine resistant. So it keeps the modifications to the spike, but but also gets into the lungs, which makes it more deadly. So. I, I, you know, the, the, the stand, the, to continue the emerging conventional wisdom, it is that this is our way out of the problem, right? Because, uh, because, uh, you know, it, it, it infects everybody. It confers a lot of immunity, but doesn't kill a lot of people. But eventually, you know, we, it recedes into the background the way other diseases do because they become less virulent and, uh, and everybody's immune to, to them. Uh, but, but if it, if it, if it mutates again, it seems to me, then it's not the way out of the problem. 
It is the problem. Well, if it mutates enough to be qualitatively different, I think they'd call it a new variant. And that could that certainly happen. That's what's been happening. Right. Um, the, uh, you know, I mean, I don't feel personally worried. I mean, uh, y- you know, I guess, uh, what's the deal? If, if you've had two Pfizer shots, uh, your chances of being hospitalized by this are less than one third of what they would be otherwise. And for most people, those are pretty low to begin with and so on. And I've actually, you know, had a booster shot. Um, but I do think, especially in areas with low vaccination rates, this is going to put a strain on hospitals. And, uh, you know, even before, uh, there's this now suddenly relevant, uh, David from tweet. I, I mean, if you if you play that scenario out where a lot of people are suddenly being hospitalized, Pfizer is not going to be able to ramp up uh, this this new wonder drug super fast. I think right now they only have a couple of hundred thousand doses. Um, you're you going to start seeing questions about who gets that drug and who doesn't. Now, David from uh, did you see his uh, triage quote uh, tre- no, tweet? I mean, I oh, not. got a lot of blowback. He says, uh, this is from a few days ago. He says, seems the best option is, one, keep encouraging vaccines and boosters. Okay. Two, impose vaccine mandates where it can be done. Three, otherwise return to normal as fully as we can, especially the schools. Okay. Then four, let hospitals quietly triage emergency care to serve the unvaccinated last. Now, so kill we'll the hear these kinds of he arguments. Wants, what, he wants to what's kill, that? He's gone from a never Trumper to a kill the Trumpers. Well... Look, you're going to see other flips. You're going to see you, you may see uh, conservatives who have always said if people's bad behavior uh, leads leads them to be in trouble. It's not it's not my ta- the job of my tax dollars to bail them out. Right. And there and you may see them suddenly. But saying, that doesn't well, mean you deny life saving treatment to people. I'm not defending it. I'm just saying it's going to be an interesting argument. And look, I have to, I just real I just remembered this piece I wrote in in the New Republic like decades ago when I was in a bad mood, I guess. But, you know, Mickey Mantle uh, needed a new uh, liver and he got one. And I got the sense that he had kind of jumped the line because he's Mickey Mantle. And I said, screw that. He drank himself into this problem. It was his it was his choice. He shouldn't, you know, he shouldn't get to jump the line. So I guess I'm on record as saying people should be held accountable for their behavior. Well, but, uh, well, f- well, first, the whole logic of First, this pill has to be given right after, early enough, right after you, you get it. Okay, if you wait, mm-hmm. the pill doesn't work. So maybe that'll cut down on. That's one way to triage it. You give it to people where it's early enough that it will have an effect. Uh, the, the second thing is we the whole logic of national health care and health insurance and the Democrats' strategy is we if we somebody's sick on the sidewalk, we help them. You know whether whatever their moral failings. Whatever their income, we don't impose a work test. We help them. Fine. Right. Uh, but that the, doesn't come at the expense of someone else in that case. Here we have a finite resource. There's not but, enough for everybody. And I'm not I'm not supporting but this from is, here. This is, I'm this saying, saying you're going to see this an This is argument. saying because you made a difficult decision whether to get vaccinated or not, which is not all one way, the way we determine it is wrong, you don't mm-hmm. get health care. That's insane. Okay. Well, I'm not. Well, I'm arguing. I'm not arguing either side. I am arguing that it's not. I insane. am arguing either side. <laughs> I, I know you are. Uh, and you're saying it's literally crazy to even bring up the question. I'm saying classically, this is the kind of question we actually uh, have brought up repeatedly. And and 
and and it's always been an easier case because usually in principle you can treat everyone. It's like in other words, okay, they do take my tax dollars to treat drug addicts who in some sense chose to mess with drugs. Fine, but they're not taking drug, you know, treatment away from me. What makes what's going to make this a contentious issue is that there's going to be people who say, "God damn it, I wore my mask, I got my vaccine, and this guy was out partying and making fun of people like me, and you're going to take this life-saving thing from me and give it to him? That's a serious argument. But the sta- right, but the standard triage rules are you apply the care where it will do the most good, and people who've done everything right are probably going to survive anyway, and the people unvaccinated, the people who are well, going to die, that, so that you, is true. you focus the medicine where it does the most good. So That is true. It's a complicated question. I mean, uh, I have to admit, when I saw his tweet, I was shocked because it sounded so cold, uh, you know. But then when, when I started thinking about it, Omicron, I thought, well, this is going to become a debate. Uh, if they the, don't I mean, especially all the more so since, you know, the people who were not vaccinated, it's not like they're going to say, well, I've had a change of philosophy. And now I think people whose behavior leads them into a bad way should get government help. What they're going to what they're going to say is. I mean, assuming this debate really does blossom, they're going to say, I don't think being I don't think vaccine vaccines helped that much or something. I don't think it was because I was unvaccinated. So so it, it's going to be a messy thing and maybe it won't happen at all. But it's looking like there's going to be a strain on, on mean because the, resources. the spread of the Omicron is going to ramp up faster than Pfizer can ramp up this pill. That's what it looks like right now. I mean, they, uh, somebody, what's his name? The New York Times health correspondent or science guy, Carl Zimmer, said as much on a podcast. There's not, there's, there's, there, there are other therapies around. For example, mm. uh, for example, AstraZeneca has some cocktail, which they claim is now effective. Uh, this so seems it's not like everything is on the Pfizer. Yeah, but it seems far and away the best because for one thing, you don't have to be, uh, you don't have to go to the hospital. It's not injected. It's 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 got a ninety percent efficacy rate, and and that holds up against Omicron because how it works has nothing to do yeah. with the Omicron mutation. I don't I don't know if I don't know what AstraZeneca involves. The other thing that I want to I don't think the booster is all that effective against Omicron. Well, well, the booster is another question. The booster does have some efficacy against Omicron, apparently, but that's not relevant to this. I understand, but you, per, you your from your previous rules for what we should do included uh, getting the booster, and and as if the booster was like a huge amount of protection. And I'm the not booster sure the does booster help is a against Omicron. But it, but well, some what, it, one recent study I saw said it was a mild improvement. It was not a huge. We were expecting a huge boost from the booster, like from 20% effective to 85% effective. Apparently, that's not the case. Well, it depends on whether you're talking uh, infection or hospitalization. Those are different things. But the vaccine helps, certainly in terms of hospitalization, to some extent in terms of infection. Fully vaccinated helps against Omicron relative to no vaccination. The booster helps more. I'm pretty sure of those things. The booster helps more, but the the point is the booster is not like Everybody's walking around thinking I have the booster, so I'm I've done everything right. I'm I've licked this thing. Omicron can't can't fuck with me, and apparently that's not true. I mean, you know, this also depends on lifestyle changes. You know, do do people really really lock down? We'll see. Uh, you know, I was thinking. I mean, supposedly this is like three times as transmissible. 
But the CW, this is my point about the CW, the CW, I think, is emerging. Forget about lockdowns. We're never going to, everybody's going to get this thing. We're not going to stop the spread. And in part, that's because the CW is driven by other forces like everybody's sick of lockdowns and people have kids in school and the evidence coming out on, on you know, the loss of learning being so severe. Uh, people just don't want lockdown. So they will latch well, on it. They will latch onto this theory that everybody's going to get it. School is a special case. I think, you know, a lot of people think we just can't stand anymore keeping kids out of school as a as a, as a question of social cohesion almost. But that's not the same as saying people are going to keep going to restaurants and going to movies and going to theaters. I don't think they are. I think you're going to see, I think people who have movies coming out right now are in trouble if they were hoping people to show up in theaters. Uh, I, I think... Uh, I, I think you're going to see this really affect uh, behavior. Spider-Man will be a test of that. You can't um, really count West Side Story as a test of that because nobody no wanted to see the woke West Side Story. None of your friends. Uh, I know. I, I mean, objectively, it's a flop. I'm not. I don't have that uh, many friends. That's already clear. Yeah. Um. um so, uh, but um, no, but I think I, you're right. I also I think, think you're right. Is, I'm, is Omicron? I'm, I think you're right about I don't think it's hit. Has it even hit Southern California big time? I mean, you know, people I know in New York, including my daughters, are saying like suddenly they're getting texts from everybody saying you were exposed to me and I just found out I was exposed to somebody and it's, or I actually have it. And they just weren't getting these texts, you know, four hmm. days ago. It's just started to spread in New York. I, I people people that I would not expect to get it have gotten it. Uh so I don't think I, I I don't know if that's happened in California, but uh, uh, it, you're right that it, it it may not have hit California yet. But I may not, I may not be in California, Bob. You don't know that. You, don't you know may not be. That's true. That doesn't look like a small apartment. Uh, it does look like a small apartment. Oh, it, oh that's it right. Doesn't it doesn't look like my small apartment, which isn't small. I know. Damn it. I know. I know. Uh, so uh, so. Yeah, presidential so, candidates or uh, so. Anyway, so I have nothing more to say about Hillary except, except yes, of course she's running. She'll go as far as she can. She has to be stopped. Well, I have stop. something to say on this question, which is, I read this. Did you see this New York Times piece? It was maybe close to. It was like five days ago by Jonathan Martin and Alexander Burns about Democratic candidates. They Just, led with this guy I've never heard of, Governor Roy Cooper of North Carolina. Right. I have no idea, but apparently he's he's on the one hand uh, professing to be a big backer of President Biden while uh, and his and his uh, being reelected while at the same time quietly uh, preparing to run himself. But anyway, the names, the first paragraph where they list a bunch of candidates sounds to me like almost an attempt to sabotage the Democratic Party. Here they here they go. The list of potential potential candidates starts with Mrs. Harris. Ugh. Uh, and includes the high-profile transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, Ugh. Uh, <laughs> as well as a collection of former presidential candidates like Senator Elizabeth Warren. She's older than Hillary, I think. And Amy Klobuchar, oh my God. Uh, she of the shaking hair and quaking voice. Uh, then they get to Mitch Landrow. I don't know much about him. Gretchen Whitmer. Uh, here's a weird sentence. Governor Phil Murphy of New Jersey, having survived a harder than expected re-election last month in a dismal political environment. Yeah, I, I didn't think you get credit for almost losing a, what was supposed to be a surefire win. But maybe now they're chalking that up to the 
dismal political environment. It's a it's a bad list so far, yes. Governor J.B. Pritzker. Okay. Is that good? I don't know anything about uh, him. He's I, a billionaire. I you know. He's a billionaire. I don't know nothing about him. He's a billionaire and he's obese. That's that doesn't seem like a winning formula. Um, no. Uh, the the, the so, what about the Kentucky guy, Brashear or whatever the guy's name is? Beats me. You know these people. I don't. Um, uh, but please tell me Hillary's not running. He I mean, may be a Republican. This is why Hillary's running. This list is why Hillary's running. Well, yeah, but what this list has in common with the idea of Hillary running is both events, no understanding of what kind of candidate you need in the age of Trump. Uh, <sighs> correct. Or I mean, just, he- just settle for a white male, okay? What, in, if what, that's what, what it takes to win, do in, it. In what age does America like Hillary Clinton? Not just the age of Trump. No, but she's kind of uniquely bad. She was perfect bait for Trump. I mean, she's not or, unique. Kamala Harris is just is dislike. No, I, there are a lot. There are a number of Democrats who who uh, you don't look. Meanwhile, but Trump himself is not looking that great lately, right? Who are you? What are you doing? Are you calling somebody? Andrew Bashir, Democrat, mm-hmm. governor of Kentucky. Yeah. Good looking guy. Let me see. Looks pretty generic, but that's what that's what it could take to win. Uh, and uh, I think he has a good rep. So uh, anyway, the, I don't understand why he's he's not mentioned enough. I, think I mean, it's there must to, be there must be decent candidates out there. Well, they'll, it'll be a, somebody like Jimmy Carter, who nobody knew about knew about it, you know, until he did well in Iowa and New Hampshire. You know, uh, so they. That's why we have primaries to draw all these crazy people out of the woodwork. Yeah, you know, Bob. I came in yeah, third in a, the most populous state in the union. How many? What third. percentage of the vote did you garner? What percentage did you five? Garner? Five voters or five percent? Five percent. That's better than five voters. That's the only kind of thing I can think of to say about it, but it is better than five voters. It was 123,000 voters, Bob. Yeah, but you know, tell me, like, what do, does science tell us about the number of people in an election like that who will just vote for somebody they've never heard of and have no idea? Like, if you just put a fake name on a ballot like that, how many votes would that get? Like 121,000? I think 000? the conventional wisdom was, well... Some of that's legitimate. If you hate the status quo and you're the anti-status quo candidate, you you deserve those votes. Uh, some of them are some of them are just like you know random people who vote stupidly in every election. I think the conventional wisdom was that I did one percent better than than that number that you said. Than a fake name would have done. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank on you. That. Um. So. Uh, but you were elected president of Beverly Hills High School, were you not, of the student body? Well, that's a traditional jumping-off point for presidents, yes. Yeah, so you're one uh, for two. Hey, how about you on the Democratic ticket, Mickey? What about, um, speaking of people who've, who've advanced in the, in, the, in, in the hierarchy. Is this a Vance pun? Not only, no, not only did Lewis Hamilton get knighted, Lewis Hamilton, the world's Formerly number one Formula One driver, uh, who's a turns out a, 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 a and he's he's the very rare black Formula One driver. 
Oh, is he? Yeah. Uh, and didn't he win his a recent race in controversial fashion? I think he lost a recent race in controversial. Fashion. Oh, in controversial. Fashion. And he lost the championship. Mm. Uh, so um, he's not champion anymore. But um, uh, he has been seven times, I believe, something a whole lot. So he got knighted. Uh, and Matt Ridley, I think, has been knighted because there was a Matt Ridley was one of the knighted? stories. I don't know. One of the stories I. Was wanted to talk about well, Matt Ridley is a, you know, he is a, he was born to nobility. I've been to his place in in. Uh, well, maybe in it's Northern another England. Ridley, but there there was a. Well, his father was he he is in the House of Lords. His father was in the House of Lords. Uh, Wait, and, Matt Ridley is um, in the House of Lords. Yes. Oh, well, like, then, I'm okay, telling he you, wasn't nobility. knighted. He wasn't knighted. He's just Lord Ridley then. Okay, right. He's yeah. Lord Ridley. Okay, okay, correct. Okay, he's Lord. I, I didn't mean, know he, he was has. A anyway, you should see his manner, as we say. Okay, can I get to the he substance? Might, the oh, substance is there was testimony in Parliament that the lab leak hypothesis is now growing stronger because they haven't found the fucking animal that would be the intermediary, and right. it's very unusual. And and this woman, Doctor Lena, somebody who is a co-author with Lord Ridley of a book on the lab leak hypothesis called viral called viral claims that we are going to find out eventually once it with the passage of time as Chinese scientists sort of learn to evade the restrictions. Uh, I don't know why she's so confident. Wait, does they learn to what? I, you know, with the passage of time right now, they're terrified of coming forward. At some point, they're either going to come oh. forward or they're going to defect or the word will get out and we'll find yeah. out. That it came from the lab. That's what she thinks. Uh, so Lord Ridley also testified and agreed with his co-author. Shockingly. Um, well, one thing I will I've learned that that does add to the uh, credibility of lab leak. Other people had learned it weeks and weeks ago, but I, I didn't quite realize. You know, there was this. Uh, you know, there's this fur on cleavage site in in the DNA. Or, mm -hmm. or whatever, and and uh, in the in the virus's uh, genetic code, and that was viewed suspiciously because uh, you know apparently David Baltimore at least didn't think it would it would happen naturally, um, and then and then there have been two kind of competing bodies uh, things that have happened since that was originally discovered. Uh, recently, they have found that in nature, I think, uh, and, and and so that works against lab leak, but. But, you know, as we had discussed, they it also turned out that this uh, dubious group uh, that Eco -Health, uh, Alliance. Eco Health Alliance had applied for a grant to add uh, that very site um, and been denied the grant by DARPA. What I hadn't realized is they they did apply for that grant in collaboration with the Wuhan lab. Right. I, I didn't really totally get that because the work was not going to be done at Wuhan. It's going to be done in North Carolina. But the fact that Wuhan was in on the grant application suggests that, yes, they could have found another funder and done right. it. So, it's so uh, it's, it's kind of striking. What this, his co-author said is, you know, you, you apply for a grant to add horns to horses and you're turned down, but it turns out a year later they in Wuhan, they discover there's unicorns running around. Right. You get a little right. suspicious, you know? Uh, yeah. 
Although so, again, the, it, it, you know, the, it's been found in nature in some in some species, or right? Other, but uh, so. up to a point, Lord Wright. Is that a famous? Uh, yes, Lord reference? Copper. I've used that expression before. It's an expression oh. from uh, uh, Evelyn Law's book Scoop. I never uh, read Evelyn Law. I feel guilty. That was a that was a Mike Kinsley favorite. Uh, it was a Mike, it, and it turns out um, when my father was dying, I read him. I read him Vile Bodies, which I think is Kinsley's favorite law book. Um, and my father started finishing the sentences for me. He because he had read it he, so many he, times, like or? he'd already read it. What was I? Yeah, what was I doing reading him this book he'd already read? Um, anyway. Bring back pleasant memories. What can I say? Um, well, yeah, not so pleasant. Uh, so uh, there's also the zombie, zombie build back better bill, which they did not finish and in time for the Christmas vacation on Capitol Hill. So it's been put over till next year. And the question is, does this mean it's dead? Uh, I don't think it means it's dead, but people have already started the recriminations. Uh, and uh, I guess the, the reason you'd argue it's dead, the way it would die is inflation remains high. Mansion Mansion is not a guy who wants to kill the bill. Okay, They're not going to take a vote where Mansion kills the bill. He's not going to do that. Uh, so He doesn't want to be seen killing the bill. Well, I don't think he really wants to kill the bill. I mean, he wants he wants something to pass that meets his specifications. It doesn't meet anybody else's specifications, or it doesn't meet the majority of the Democrats' specifications. You, so it might not you fly. Know what I think but they wants, might have to come you know back I, to him. That that's how it would pass. But go ahead. You know what I think he wants, and I'll give you a clue. It's the same thing Trump wants. How do you? What is the answer to that riddle? Attention. Exactly. Exactly. He could he could just lay out any day, Joe. You've had about a fucking year. You just lay out. Tell us what you actually want, and let's either get this done or not. He wants attention. His, he loves being his, in his, the line. Well, his well. Anyway, what the way it would die is, uh, you know, inflation gets bad. A bunch of senators get cold feet, and they go to Schumer and say, you know, let's not make a big fuss about this. Let's just let it die. Okay. Uh, and so Schumer somehow engineers something where it dies quietly or with face with some face saving uh, piece of theater like the, the this week's face saving theater is, oh, we're moving to voting rights. No, they're not moving to voting rights. They're just trying to cover for the fact that they're caving on. They're giving up on Build Back Better. Um, but M Manchin's line has been reasonably consistent, which is I want you to focus on one thing, do it well and. You can choose which thing you want to focus on. My great worry is the thing they're going to focus on is the child tax credit, which is expiring even as we speak, and and that mansion uh, and it's good. So they're going to extend it for ten years without a work test. Now even that's not the end of the world because the subsequent Congress can repeal it, uh, and it looks like the subsequent Congress is going to be Republican. So even that doesn't mean it's actually going to happen for ten years, but. Uh, and McConnell did McConnell did m mention the work test and say we have concerns about the work test. So it's possible that um, you know there'll be some negotiations. The Democrats will never agree to a work test. So uh, that would, I think, do, I would do think those, kill it. 
Do the tax credits get mailed out as monthly checks? Half of them. Half to get half. So as of January, a a non-trivial number of people in West Virginia quit getting checks. And it's clearly because of Joe Manchin. And that's not a problem for him. Well, people on the left, like Matty Glazers, have been wondering, why is this not a problem? And it's because those damn people in, in West Virginia believe in work, Bob. And and the, the liberals are constantly confounded and flummoxed by all these people who are giving free money to. My God, they believe in work. There's the, the idiots. Uh, what's the matter with this West is Virginia? Sheer, it's sheer conjecture on your. This is all complete. No, Iglesias cites a couple of articles. Uh, one by Alec oh, McGillis, one in Vox, where they talk to people, and it seems to be the the problem is. The, oh as no! They put I, it, look, let they me be look clear. Down let me be clear. Non-workers. That means they value work. Let me be clear. I'm not denying that there are lots of people in West Virginia who say, don't give it to people who don't work. I'm suggesting that if you ask people who are themselves going to quit getting the check next month, if they say, wait, what happened? You say, well, you don't understand. We want to make sure that nobody who's not working gets it. You're saying they're going to go, oh, okay. In that case, I'm glad I'm not getting it I'm anymore. I'm saying they're going to be- Well, maybe, but there's no evidence. I, and you, Matt doesn't have it and you don't have it. Well, because it hasn't happened yet, Bob, but well, Matt is already anticipating that it will be a problem and figuring and figuring out what's the matter with West Virginia. Yes, I, I think it will. I think that there will not be a huge revolt against Joe Manchin if the child tax credit dies. Yes. But keep in mind, the child tax credit isn't going to die. Uh, it just goes back to its former level, which is $2,000 a year instead of 3600 with a mild work test at the beginning that lops off the bottom. So it, 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 the people who are satisfy the work test, which again is only mean you have to earn like $1,700 a year, uh, those people are still going to get checks. They're just going to be smaller checks. Well, so, smaller Smaller dollars less a month is, is real money to some people. I agree. It would be real, real money to me. I mean, I'm uh, one gets addicted to any amount of money one gets from the government very quickly. So uh, um, but 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 that's an ameliorating factor. And I don't think he's going to pay a big price. I'm saying it. You're saying he will. Let's see who's right. No, all I I'm don't know. Is, I'm just at, all I'm saying is I just the left is anticipating that you're wrong. I just asked the question. I okay. don't have. And 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 I I suspect that he does. And when you said there's evidence, uh, it turned, there actually isn't any evidence. There could be. You could survey people who are getting the checks, but nobody has. Um, well, no, they wouldn't necessarily give the honest answer of how they'd behave. Well, that's like um, all, that, that's like all these questions. We've done sur- surveys show that people use the checks to provide baby diapers and to give okay. additional schooling for the kid. They're not going to tell you, oh, I blew my check on fentanyl. Okay. The, the surveys are inherently unreliable. They're not going to, you don't know, you don't know how mad you're going to be when the check stops until the check stops. This would tend to yeah. go in your, it would tend to show that people would be less mad, I think, than they will be. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just wonder why he doesn't, I, I wonder if he's even planning to run again sometimes. And he's, he may not. He's pretty old. He won with it. He, he uh, may also switch parties. I would welcome that. I mean, just end the charade. Um, you, you mean shut down great. the Democratic Congress? Schumer is gone, gone as majority leader. McConnell becomes majority leader. Well, that's going to happen anyway. That's going to happen anyway. At least, you know, Democrats mm. are going to lose the Senate. At least we'll know who the Democrats are. Well, it might not. Uh, um, it might not be McConnell. There's a movement against him, engineered by Trump, which I don't think will go anywhere. But, but. but that seems to not be laying a glove on him, as far as I can tell. 
One of one of various signs, I gather, that, you know, Trump is far from omnipotent right now. Right. I mean, uh, I agree. It depends. It depends. Do do the Trump candidates in the primaries like the one in Alaska who have pledged not to work with McConnell? Do they win? And if they all win, then McConnell may be in a little trouble, but they're not going to win. So, yes, you're right. Now, what do you think of? uh, Well, there's two things. There's Chris Wallace leaving Fox. Um, on the heels of, uh, uh, first of all, is that a quiet uh, protest against uh, Tucker Carlson going uh, full-on conspiracy theorist? I don't know. I, I think it's more like the audience doesn't like Chris Wallace because they think he's too liberal. I think Tucker Carlson... You think he was, you is, think he was pushed? So you think he was pushed? Well, there are negotiations and they offer him less money than he wants. Uh, I, I tend... I tend the, the general... Rule on Fox, which I get from my friend John Ellis, is uh, the audience programs the network rather than the other way around. So they have to give the audience what it wants, and the audience doesn't want Chris Wallace. They want whatever Tucker Carlson is doing, because Tucker Carlson is also catering to the audience. So, um, uh, well, the, they, in a certain sense, the audience always does the programming. The only reason that's un, that's noteworthy on Fox is that originally Fox had an ideological mandate. They were there to impose an ideology. And then when push came to shove, they didn't really stick with that. They just surrendered to the Trump constituency. And so now they are completely hostage to the audience. But remember, right after the election, Fox was kind of holding out against the Stop the Steal movement. That's a good point. I guess guess you could argue that even without an ideological commitment, if it was just a regular network, they have a lot of leeway to put out something new and let it find an audience. I mean, that's the famous story of Brandon Tartikoff, which is he let the NBC shows find an audience, even though they weren't popular in the ratings. And I have a feeling in cable, you can't go two weeks with lower ratings before they order you to change back. Uh, And uh, so, um, you know, CNN has lower ratings now. They're not going to, they can stomach it for a while. Uh, and I don't think Fox can stomach it for two weeks. And that's, I guess, because their ratings are ideological. In other words, there's no way the the deplorables are, who watch Fox are going to suddenly become liberal unlike Chris Wallace. True. Uh, and that, that, so I guess that would be the argument why it's an unusual arrangement. I mean, but I they're take all, all, the, all the audiences are ideological now. Uh, Washington Post, there was a story about the Washington Post taking a big dive uh, readership wise. I, I mean, all the all of them kind of have to some extent since the since, you know, over the last year, as things have become less intense politically. But uh, the Post, especially Politico, especially well, and to a lesser extent, the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. Well, the, the, I would think the news there is the New York Times and the and the Wall Street Journal aren't paying the price. The news is not so much paying that. a little price. You would, expect, post, you would expect yeah. a huge price. So if anybody's surviving the transition, of course, the New York Times is surviving the transition by keeping Trump alive with January 6th and, you know, and constantly catering to its readers' uh, viewpoints uh, in, in, you know, in, in its coverage. So it's, it's the exception that proves the, Washington the rule. Post, doesn't the Washington Post do a fair amount of that? True. Um, but... Um, I don't know. You could argue that the New York Times sort of owns that franchise. 
maybe it's- I also think they're I also think they're more diversified, less reliant on politics and uh, and stuff. I don't know. What that's, do I know? What about what? Uh, yeah. No, that's true. Um, what the, about? Um, did you find anything noteworthy in these uh, texts that were sent January sixth by various Fox personalities to uh, Mark Meadows? I did. I I, I mainly looked at Ingram's because they were highlighted by the Washington Post writer Aaron Blake, and I thought Ingram was pretty clean. I mean, she she sends an email saying. This is not doing Trump any good. He should stop it. And she goes on TV and says it didn't do Trump any good. You know, so she also said that Antifa was spotted. But that by implication means Antifa would be also doing Trump no good. It's not a contradiction. So the the people, the people who who say there's a huge contradiction, I think this redounds to their favor. I think it's they're looking smelling like a rose. Think think how horrible it would be if they said, don't stop these people. They're going to overturn the election. That's what we want. Right. I mean, especially his son, Donald Trump tweeted. First of all, I mean, not tweeted, but texted. And first of all, it's interesting that he doesn't think he can text his father directly. That seems kind of odd. He texted Mark Meadows and I would think he would be, uh, you know, he could take it as exoneration that he said, I think, quote, this has gone too far. So he can rightly claim he didn't plan for it to go this far. I, I think the thing that Ingram tweeted that some people took as a contradiction that wasn't read closely was this. She said, uh, this is antithetical to MAGA. She didn't mean these are not. She That doesn't necessarily mean these aren't Trump supporters. Right. But some people took it that way. She meant it objectively. It hurts MAGA. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the See, other interesting thing is just how clearly symbiotic the Fox folks all, were with the Trump administration. I mean, like they're all texting Meadows. It's like, you know, well, it's, it's like. We we what? have our buttons on the control panel. I I well, they're texting doesn't mean they they expected to get. Laura Laura does get results. So yes, you're right. She's you're right. They're very tight with the administration. But it reminded me of New Hampshire in 2008 when Obama started. Everybody realized that oh my god, this guy could be our first black president, and he had no security, not even metal detectors. Okay, and think of all the kooks out there who might want to take a shot at the first potential black president. Uh, and everybody in the media started do- calling and emailing anybody they knew at the administration saying, you got to get this guy some protection. This was true of Republicans and Democrats. And uh, it was true whether or not they actually had pull with the administration. You do what you can when right. when something really bad is about to happen. You do what you can. OK, whether you have pull sure, or not. But- yeah, but as you said, whoever they happen to know in the administration, I mean, you wouldn't if there was some big thing right now and a bunch of journalists felt the need to communicate with Biden. It's not like everyone at MSNBC would be texting Ron Klain. It just isn't that kind of relationship. Oh, yes, they would. Of course, they would. no, they wouldn't. All, Ron Klain. You think Chris Hayes would tweet would would, would text Ron Klain? Yes. Who do you think I he's going to text? So. You're assuming he would, A, you're assuming he would text somebody, and B, you're assuming that the symbiosis is so tight between MSNBC and Biden that, it's not symbiosis. In, that be- they are all have a texting relationship with Ron Klain. I just think that's wrong. All it means is he has his phone number. Yes, I think, it'd be, I think he would be texting Ron Klain. Uh, this was clearly, you, ask you know, I could ask him, uh, yeah. uh, but I think, no, I think you, you text who, you know, and I, I, you know, I could text somebody. I wouldn't, it wouldn't be returned, would have no effect. 
but you know, well, these guys, you can tell, I mean, they were in the habit. This was not the first check they, they, they sent to the guy. I mean, this is like an ongoing conversation. No, that's true. And, you know, Laura, Laura especially has, Hannity talks to Trump on the phone, and Laura has a track record of turning Trump around on key issues. She's usually right. So she was right about this one. Uh, By I, the way, yeah. No, go ahead. I was going to, it was going to be a slight change of subject, so go ahead. I wasn't going to change the subject. I read... I read Bart Gelman's incredibly long Atlantic article. That's actually exactly what I was going to say, except that I didn't read it. I just heard him on a podcast. Okay. So go ahead. Well, I read it. I have two. It's, 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 A, it's not as bad as I'd hoped. It's actually pretty good. We should well, tell people he is alarmed that the Trump people are preparing to steal the next election or, or they're, they're, correct. they're doing what they can to pave the way for influencing the count in key states and the next election and doing other things. In a way that switches the result. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so he thinks it's an anti-democratic coup in it's already started. They've already started planning. I, I had, uh, but it also has a retrospective on January 6th. Uh, and, and the problem with the, the problem with all these retrospectives on January 6th is they don't have the goods on Trump yet. Uh, maybe when they get Steve Bannon's phone records, if they get him, there will be a call from Trump saying, keep the riot going or something to that effect, effectively keep the riot going, which would be a smoking gun. All they have him now is negligence of letting the riot go, whether or not he had involved in planning it. And there's a big difference between those two. Uh, so they, they, they all sort of dance around the fact that they don't have this, this smoking gun. There's a hole in their evidence. And, uh, Gelman is no no different. He dances around that. The 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 second well, point, does he he doesn't purport. Has he asserted that it is the case? And and you're saying he's well. They all imply the case, they all imply that this is what Trump wanted, and he engineered a coup, and et cetera, et cetera. And we don't know that he engineered a coup. We know that he set the groundwork that led to well, the, these people. The argument capital, I've but, seen is is different. I've seen the argument that he was working hard to subvert the Constitution in the sense of getting Mike Pence to do something he doesn't have the constitutional authority to do. Not that he was not that he envisioned a riot and encouraged it. I haven't heard who is making that argument. Oh, a lot of I, people I mean, aside from argument. various hacks, but I mean, who who like in they all Gilman's imply that they, they all imply that in part of part of this plan to influence Pence was staging what happened on January 6th. And we don't know that we well, know that he wanted a big rally. We know that they wanted to be people to yell at Pence. We know that they wanted, to, wanted them to put a lot of pressure on Pence, but it's not unconstitutional to put pressure on Pence. We didn't know that they wanted that he wanted them to invade the Capitol and threaten Pence's life. So Bart Gelman doesn't say this, but you think I don't he know means- what exactly he says, but they the, they never give up this implication that Trump part of Trump's nefarious plot was the violence of January sixth. I would be surprised if Bart is meaning to say that Trump envisioned the invasion of the Capitol building and was and that was part it's, of the scheme. It's all like along. poetry. You take the connotations that are there. He certainly you know, it's funny. He certainly doesn't <laughs> go out of his way to say, I'm not saying that Trump intended the violence. If there's one thing Bart Gelman doesn't do, it's poetry. And I actually have a story about that for, that I'll save for the parrot room. But the, uh, I should write it down, but but um, he he is the most straightforward, explicit, linear reporter and expositor. He's he does you know he's not in the habit of leaving things to the imagination. Right. The other, 
but nobody is making these key distinctions you're making if it if it diminish they think it diminishes the force of their uh their argument if they say there is still no evidence that Trump intended the riot. He doesn't have that sentence in in his piece, I guarantee you. The second point is after this not unconvincing piece that Trump is planning these things in the state capitals uh right. and, and and uh he has no solution to it. His two solutions are uh, pass these voting rights bills, which he himself admits will not solve the problem of states choosing alternate electors if they if if, if the election barely goes for the Democrat. Uh, and but it's uh, less likely to barely go for the Democrat if you pass that reform, right? Uh, That's his point. It's less likely to be a cliffhanger. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a but. You know, the, 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 if the states can do whatever the hell they want, uh, that's, that's no, not the much solace. The closer the election, the better for them. If not, they not much solace. Uh, the way it's looking now, that's not going to be a relevant factor. Uh, and, and B, that they should somehow o- hold Trump accountable. Well, how, how are they going to do that? I mean, they, they, uh, they're going to put him on criminal trial. Uh, that will make, that's going to take forever. Uh, it will probably only make him stronger if you hold the rioters accountable. And we don't know if they have anything to do with Trump. If they hold the rioters accountable, they're, if they're really 30 million people who are ready to take up arms for Trump, holding 700 of them accountable is just going to piss off the other 29 million, 900,000, 900. He may indeed have no uh good solutions but i'd like to pause a little longer uh, on that thing you passed over quickly when you said a not unconvinced his not unconvincing argument that trump is conspiring now to steal the next election that is your view now that there's real evidence well he's fighting the last war he wants people in the, these offices that he couldn't convince uh to change electors to yeah, change electors. getting it's ready a, for the for it's the, a for flaw the in the constitution it's like it's like you know uh Osama bin Laden discovered a flaw in our security. You could get on a plane and fly it into a building. There's a stupid provision in the Constitution that says states decide who the electors are. And that allows that doesn't sit well with our current philosophy, which is it should be decided by a fair popular vote in every state, even if you accept the Electoral College. So how do you how do you cabin, as the lawyers would put it, the discretion of these states to nominate whatever the hell electors they want, it's very hard to come up with something, but they better come up with it if they want to counter what Trump is trying to do, if they want to eliminate the threat. Mm-hmm. I don't think the threat's as big as they say, but the threat is there. And if it seems to be incumbent on a writer if he says, we have this horrible problem bearing down on us to come up with come up with a solution. And especially if you say, here's what should be done and it's inadequate, you should admit that it's inadequate. First of all, I'm glad to hear you compare Trump to Osama bin Laden. I encourage you to do that as often as possible. I Second, knew you'd like it's it. not incumbent. You, you, it, a writer is entitled to point to what they uh, think is a grave problem, do the best they can with respect to solutions. And if you'd like them to add the sentence saying, I'm not sure these will work fine, but this, you know, it just seems to me where, you, you know, did not this is not the saying, fundamental indictment he, of the piece that. No, but it's, yeah. it's a pretty fundamental objection, which is he didn't add no, the sentence saying, None of these solutions that I've mobilized you for comes even close to solving the problem. I think you should be honest enough to admit that, yes. So, okay. I think it's a failing in a piece 
if you don't admit that. Oh, give me a break. I mean, here's the real story from what you're saying is like if I'd Bart written a piece Gellman, about welfare saying here's a horrible welfare problem and shit, I don't know, I, you know, and, and do these three things and they're not going to come close to the problem. And this is my solution. That would be a shitty piece. No, it wouldn't if they're the best solutions you can come up with. But but anyway, the main thing is so Bart Gelman writes this piece saying, listen, America, there is a grave danger that Donald Trump is going to steal the next election. And now what you, Mickey Kaus, are saying is actually the danger is even graver than Bart Gelman is saying. Great. That, if that's the takeaway here, he's understating the danger. Fine. I'm satisfied that that's well, the I think he's, I think he's overstating the danger, but I think the, da the danger, there is a small percentage danger that is real and one should worry about. He convinced me of that. Uh, and I was sort of convinced before, but he he has sort of, he he has a he marshals the evidence. He doesn't have a lot of new evidence, but he marshals the evidence that are out that's out there. And um, but but he doesn't have a solution to that small percentage problem, which I think is smaller than he thinks. But it's real. He does he does not have the solution. And there, it's not that there isn't a solution. The solution I think is to somehow give the, give good, well-meaning people on the courts, and I include Trump appointees to the Supreme Court in this. Uh, the tools they need to stop the states from doing this uh, and make sure those tools are there. Um, and like what? I don't, I don't know. Give, have, you know, I mean, there's a... You better have a solution. You could say there's an, uh, you know, uh, maybe there's a, there are arguments that uh, for, you know, you can draw on, Baker versus Carr, that there's one man, one vote. And if you let the Republicans, uh, you know, overturn a majority vote in their states, uh, that that violates the Constitution. So the courts have the uh, authority to to supervise what the states do. I, I'm just made that up. But lawyers are good at making this stuff up. And it would be obviously made up. It would be it would be a it would be a wink, wink. Not very, uh, not super constitutional way of filling up this flaw in the Constitution of of, of closing this loop Osama bin Laden like loophole in the Constitution structure, which stupidly well, what? gives gives the right to the states. So you're talking about uh, and the he, fact that he, he quite honestly discusses I, I mean, a lot of these problems. He just doesn't have the solution. So so is the big focal point the fact that the Constitution says the state legislature shall determine the manner in which the electoral votes are chosen? Um, I think it's a doesn't doesn't it doesn't it's a little worse than that. I think the state chooses the electors. Not just well, the manner. The, well, no, what the Constitution says is the manner. And then the question is. And I think the good news is the consensus among legal scholars is the legislature has to do that before the election. And what they have all done is say that's going to be determined by popular vote. That's the current system. But the point is, the Constitution does allow the state legislature to say the state legislature chooses the electors. That would be constitutional. But I think, A, the consensus is they would have to do it before the election. They can't change the rules after they've let the people vote. Uh, and B, um, it would be pretty hard to pull off if a state legislature announced that they are taking the choice away from the people. That's not, that would presumably be a political I, I don't think problem. that's how it would happen. It would happen, that, it would happen the way it happened in Florida. 
there's a very close election. Democrats say they won the election. Uh, Republicans say, uh, no, you, you, you're counting votes that shouldn't be counted. So we're setting this alternate state of electors because we, we think the voters have the right to decide, but we think the voters voted Republican. Okay, uh, that's a that's a little. I think that would be a little different. It is problematic. I mean, they'd be sending an alternate slate or something, and the trouble there is that when an alternate, when there are two slates sent by a given state, Congress decides, and if that's in Republican hands, game over. Um, but but I think that's a little different from. I don't know if in that case the state legislature. I'm not would sure. Saying, two slates. Go, two slates go. It may be well, that there, only there, the, only the officials legislatively chosen slate goes. Well, okay, but there is, know. you know, the most recent, that ambiguous there. law that that unfortunately governs elections because it's the most recent congressional law. It's like 100 years old or something. You know the one I right, mean, I, the Electoral Reform I don't. Yes, the Electoral Count Act, but I don't even think... It an, I don't even think changing that's all anticipates. It clearly anticipates two slates coming from one right, state. Which I think it explicitly the, says Congress will decide in that event. Which happened. In, but, but so eliminating that doesn't solve the problem. Somebody has to decide. And unless it's the courts, we're not going to think it's fair and it will be subject to political manipulation. If if you assume that Trump has, you know, total 100 percent totalitarian control over every Republican elected official. So you're imagining that um it's a close election and the state legislature says, wait a second, uh, it's unclear whether really these ballot boxes were authorized legitimately. It just says something and then right. and then sends and then and then and you're imagining it canceling uh, the officially counted popular vote and just sending alternates. Well, that's what they threatened to do in, in Florida. And well, I, but but that. Yeah. That's in something 2000. That, if they're going to try that, they could try it. They could have tried it last time. I think the danger is what well, the uh, Republican officials balked last time. That's the that's 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 his whole point. Gelman's whole point. Well, that's is. the other thing. So state legislatures are doing other things, such as apparently in Georgia, the legislature. I think it's the legislature that has, in, in a sense, um, what would the term be? Well, it means ta- taking the power away from the Secretary of State. You know that guy who was the standard guy in Georgia. Yes. Yeah. So he's going to have less authority next time around because I think the legislature's already changed the rules. I think Bart is pointing to a number of things like that that are going on at the state level. That's a little different from just saying the state legislature will suddenly assert itself. The the rules are being changed that uh, that facilitate that. Right. Right. Well, well, you could say that, you know, but I but I think if the if the state legislature decides the election in in a, like a completely, maybe I'm wrong, in a completely obviously biased pro-Republican or pro-Democratic way, uh, courts can step in. Uh, I think the, the part that would be immune, to, that's dangerously immune to judicial review is the choice of set actuals, which electors to send. Uh, the, the, you know, the, so it's uh, getting rid of Raffensperger, I don't think, I don't think gets gets rid of judicial review uh, of of whatever well, just, whatever the secretary of state does. They have to what, do something more. They have to ha- they have to ignore whatever the secretary of state does. The state yeah, I mean, has to say you're wrong, secretary of state. We're going to send these other electors. And that's well, what the they're doing. Grassberger is uh, 
hamstringing his office, not not getting rid of him. Uh, right. But, but I think if, if they if, if if they use that to, you know, promote some sort of obvious steal, I think they can be stopped. Uh huh. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I, um, it it's, you know, it's one of those things. It's hard to figure. There's no foolproof system, but a system that winds up with the supreme. I I'm arguing against experience. A system that winds up with the Supreme Court making the final decision is the best we're going to do. Uh, um, even though they made the wrong decision here- last time. Here's a paragraph from a New York Times piece: and legislation that state lawmakers have passed or tried to pass this year in a number of states would assert more control over election systems and results by partisan offices that Republicans already decisively control. I think that generically is the kind of thing that's going on in states. Um, And uh, I guess it's worrisome. I I, I didn't, like I said, I didn't read his piece. It's just that he's he's a pretty serious person and very smart. And so I, and when I heard him on the podcast, he made me think this is serious. Yeah. None of it. Can I? um, Yeah. I don't think any of his solutions actually stop, uh, you know, the the the, uh, the the Georgia state legislature from fucking around with uh, the election results without appointing a, another slate of electors. So I don't think he solved that one either. But um, could be. Um, so I blame the editors at the Atlantic. I have no yeah, faith in the editors I, I, of the Atlantic. I, I, if, if he'd I written that piece of the New Republic, I, I, they would have made him come up with a solution or say he didn't have a solution. Standards well, have declined. It's so sad. One sentence that says, here's the best I can do is all you're asking for. The more important question about his piece is, is it successfully alarming? And you're conceding that it is. Yeah, I think it is successfully alarming. Um. So we've been doing this an hour, uh, and we haven't come up with a lot of things. Oh, you know what we should say? We didn't discuss this right beforehand, but I think we have agreed, right? Uh, the next two Fridays are respectively Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. I ain't working. But, and, and it's holiday time. So we're going to do a show in between, right? Like in between well, the two, I, our big year end. That's that's fine with me. I don't think we we can't take two weeks straight off, so we have to do. No, we're taking we're we're splitting the difference with one gala, gala show. Okay, we'll work it out in the middle. It's a gala. It'll be very glamorous. It'll be in between uh, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. There won't be a show on those two nights. And maybe yeah. So um, I thought this shirt thing was it was like Brad Pitt changing the antenna and. That Tarantino movie. Brad Pitt was one of several actors who came yeah. to mind when you um, do it. There's one I want. I, I wanted to try to come up with a word for a new concept because there are all these, there are all these formerly woke politicians who are now, now that the crime wave has, you know, they've seen the polls on crime changing voters' minds against the Democrats, like mere mm-hmm. London breed of San Francisco, were saying, "Wait, this crime problem is horrible." We have to stop whatever madness led led to this crime wave. And Pelosi has sort of gone halfway to that, said, you know, I don't know what's causing the crime wave, but she's admitted there's a crime wave. So what's the word for when woke people wake up to the dangers of wokeness? I wanted to call it woke-woke. They're woke to wokeness. 
Woke uh, square. That would work. I don't know. Meta woke. Uh, you know, meta woke. I like meta woke. Meta woke. I'll go for. Uh, but it 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 lacks the absurdity of woke woke. But yeah. how many people? How many people really fit this description? Oh, that reminds so far, me. We can talk about this in the parrot room. We we've we've gone over an hour, but we should talk about that Ron Brownstein piece I sent to you about about you know lib- the liberals who are concerned about excessive wokeness. Um, well, then I'll have Didn't to read it. I'll you. read it by I'm, the I was sorry to see. What? I, I'll read it before the paradigm. I, I did not have time to read it. Oh, okay. Today. Um, yeah. What else uh, for parrot room? There, uh, there's, let's see, there's, um, Trump's comment about Jews. Uh, I missed it. Very controversial. Uh, Boris Johnson. Tell me what he said, and I'll be I'll be thinking about it. Well, you can look up what he said. If I tell you what it said, then I'll tell you that what I think of it, the and then, we, then it will already have been discussed. Okay. Uh, Trump. There's uh, uh, there's the Gillen trial. There is uh, possible. There's possible extensions of wokeness. Uh, that we can talk about. Um, there's huh, a whole bunch of things. Um, Harvard abandoning the SATs. Oh, yeah. Uh, China embracing being uh, sanctioned by our Commerce Department for brain control technologies. You can imagine what that is. Uh hmm. I think there's going to be a move for an immigration moratorium. There's whatever sco- whatever the Supreme Court did with abortion, which I think is very wily of them. Uh, well, meanwhile, the uh, FDA did some counter-programming there, right? Yes. Uh, but the big... I, I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on the election effect, like a hack political mm. reporter. Uh I um so I'm gonna I uh uh there's my friend Richard Rushfield's blockbuster announcement about what's happening with his newsletter. Which do you have a do you have a t shirt for that? Not yet. Okay. I will try to get one. Okay. Uh, his his site his site is called The Ankler. But it's about the entertainment industry, Bob, so it's not in our wheelhouse. Okay. Or so. Anything yes. else? No, it's a shockingly. Uh, I mean, I'm sure I'll come up with something else, but. Well, I I, I thought of uh, I discovered I came across one uh, another uh, un- unflattering thing I could say about Sam Harris that kind of applies to Brett and Eric Weinstein. So God knows I'll do that. Um, I bought a car, Mickey. At least I put down a deposit. The car is coming. So that's big news. And everyone will want to hear about that. Um, um I certainly want to, I want to, I wanted to announce NPR. Uh, and there's a riveting uh, tailgate question. That's going to keep them. Yeah. Keep them. Yeah. Even if they know the result, they'll want to know what about the tailgate. Totally. 
Okay. That's what they're, yeah, that's what they're waiting to hear. The, um, let's see, uh, we will reply to a com, a pair room commenters complaining about that. We, uh, we did not use appropriate language in discussing a trans swimmer. I think she's got us dead to rights. We did not. And I, and I think the question is in what sense are we culpable and was there malice aforethought or whatever? Um, um and, and, uh, and then, and then Buddhism, there's a Buddhism question from a commenter. Uh, I have a slight follow-up to our, my uh, Beatles apostasy. Good. We need, we need. An, an area culture. where I think the readers were right and I was wrong. Uh, so there. Uh, the, um, com- the, the parrot room comment. They yeah. are always right. Have I, no, they're not. Have I discussed a, um, have I discussed the importance of the culture of dependence in my arguments on not more than a billion times over the last several decades. Why do you ask? Okay. Uh, Well, anyway, well, wait, I missed the last part. What was the last part? In, in the, in the debate over the child tax credit, there's the, the debate is focusing on whether this will discourage people from going to work. And I guess I think that, that that's not the right debate to have. The debate is whether over the long term it creates a culture of dependence, even if it temporarily uh, temporarily causes some people not to work. Who who cares if it if, if you know, they still are in the culture of of work generally and they're just taking a couple of years off. The, the argument against it is not that it's that in the long term they will be mired in a culture where their their kids grow up not knowing work, working less, uh, you know, more addicted to meth, fewer marriages, et cetera, et cetera. The whole, the whole culture of dependence that, well, I, that, that I'm happy to say that form. that I'm happy to say that was such a comprehensive treatment of it that I don't think we need to discuss it in the parrot room. Thank you for that concise and, uh, persuasive. But I think, I think there's a Rosetta stone one can look at to see if this culture of dependence is happening, which I will reveal in the parallel. That's what lies beyond the paywall is the Rosetta Stone. Exactly. Um, um God, there must be more pop culture stuff. Uh, but I haven't had much. Oh. Uh I got a Daryl Beatty tweet. I want to see if you, a Darren Beatty tweet. I'm gonna see if you're gonna defend. Okay. Seemed seemed a little borderline um, to me. He's, a, he's just- a Trump guy. It seems to me that the bigger picture is it, it, both parties are realizing sort of what the hell are they for? I mean, the Republicans have this problem more than the Democrats. The Democrats are saying we want this build back better bill. It will be transformational. I don't quite believe it, but they, they've laid their cards on the table. The Republicans are being defensive. But once they stop being, you know, they're defending against greater immigration, they're defending against tax increases, they're defending against these government programs that are in the Build Back Better bill. But what do they actually want to do? Uh, what's their affirmative long-term goal? I'm with you. Anyway, okay. Um, and that's a, sort okay. Of, that's a sort of airy-fairy discussion that's best held in the parrot So room. all this and more lies at patreon.com slash parrot room. Um, and there we go immediately. And then we next see people both here and in the parrot room in about uh, like nine, like in about 10 or 11 days, basically. Correct. After today, I mean. Yeah. Well, 
Will they get a notice? No, they won't get a notice. We'll just no. That's why we're telling them now. Watch our Twitter feeds. Yeah, we will. Watch we will Twitter reinforce feed. the point in the parrot room. Yeah. Okay. But yes. All right. See you there. See ya.